So as I was, um, I was preparing for my sermon. Just gonna, all right. <laughs> so as I was uh, preparing for my sermon, I was um, thinking, telling God, all right, so this is where I want to go with my sermon. I want to go this way. I want this passage. I want this message. And I was, as I was um, trying to go with that, I couldn't find any material. And I realized that that was because I was going my own way with it and not asking God where he wanted me to go with it. So this sermon was really not written by me. And you guys probably know what's going to be in here just about as well as I do because I didn't really write this at all. Um, that being said, I'm going to preach from Galatians 2 verse 20 today. That's where we're starting at. Everyone wants to go to that. So Galatians 2 verse 20 says that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it is Christ that lives in me. The life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish that after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? That, that last part right there. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Because so many times, myself very much included in this, we uh, beat ourselves up about how we've uh, failed to do this right or how we did this wrong. And we let the world get to us and make us feel like failures. But we do not receive the spirit of the law. We do not receive the spirit of Christ because we observe the law, but because we believe what we heard. And so, like the other day, uh, a person uh, came up to me at work, um, and they knew I was a Christian, right? But uh, I had just, um, like, gotten, like, huffy with my boss because things were frustrating. And they were like, so, like, you say you're a Christian, but I saw what you just did there, and that did not seem very Christian-like, so how can you say that you're a Christian when you do that. And see, Christians are not Christians because we're perfect. But Christians are the people who know we're not perfect. And we admit that and we give that to somebody who can change us. Because we, by ourselves, can never become perfect or fix ourselves. Or, or ch change. Be, a full 360 is completely impossible on our own. And to do that, you must receive the Spirit. And you don't receive the Spirit by observing the law, but by believing what you heard. And if you live for, for yourself, to fix yourself in order to become a better person or a, a better Christian, that is completely impossible because I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. 
the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So what defines me and my beliefs, what makes me who I am, is not my good deeds, because my good deeds will always fail me and will never amount to be enough, because I am not perfect and can never be perfect. But I am not a summoning of my good deeds. I am not a summary, or I am more than that, because Christ sees me not as a culmination of my deeds, but as someone worth dying for, and someone who is willing to say, see, I know, see, that person that came up to me um, and said, yeah, how can you say that you're a Christian this way? See, if God was talking to that person, God wouldn't be saying, you're right, yes, he, I've done everything for him, and he's turned away from him, and he's, at this point, he's kind of just a lost cause thing. But no, God goes up to that person and he says, that man over there, that man is my son. And I will give everything for him. And I do not see him as a culmination of my deeds. I see him. He sees us as what Galatians 6 verse 17. Uh, yes, verse 17 says. Galatians 6 verse 17 says, finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. God looks down at us and says, I have already died for you. And says, you are worth it. And you are not to be troubled by the world about how good you are, or how about you could be better, or how your success and your failure defines who you are, and a culmination of your deeds versus a culmination of your wrongdoings is how you achieve righteousness. But no, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. And that is what God sees when he looks down at me. And so when Satan comes up at, with, at me with, look what you did wrong here. And look how this is not what Jesus would have done. And how he throws guilt, he throws shame at us. God looks it back at him and says, I died for him already. I died for him. So that, that guilt and then that shame that you're throwing at him, I slayed that on the cross. And it is in the grave. And that is not coming back from the grave. And it never will. Your accusations have no power over him because he is accepted by me and he has died for his his wrongdoings his sin is gone and will that you will never have a hold of him anymore then ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, so many people look at it like, these are your good deeds, and that defines whether you're a Christian. But... 
becoming a Christian is what changes your deeds in the first place. And our outward doings and our goings and our, our being and who we are is first defined by Jesus Christ dying for us and our belief in that. For we did not receive the Spirit by observing the law, but by believing what we heard. And back to Galatians, skip into that, verse 10 here. For all who rely on observing the law are under curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. But Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive this promise of the Spirit. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. For before Christ came, none of us could succeed because before God came and redeemed us from the curse of sin, we had to try and overcome sin by ourselves. And by ourselves, we can never overcome sin. Sin will always be there, and we will always fail and struggle. But that failure and that struggle, that failure and that struggle will never be the same because have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? If our suffering and our struggles are no longer for nothing, our struggles and our sufferings are to lead us to the one who can change us and who can redeem us and who will bring us to the promised land one day. And we, is it not because of our good deeds, not because of our good works, because they will never amount to enough. But they don't need to amount to enough. And they never will need to amount to enough. And who we are is not defined by what we do, but because Jesus Christ came down from heaven and said, I'm willing to die for you. I see you as someone worthy to die for. He died for us. He went to the grave. He came back three days later and forevermore will see us as righteous, holy, and redeemed. Because never again will Christ, will Satan have that power over us. Sin Guilt, shame, have no power over us. All these, these chains that are thrown upon us, we just need to shake it off. Not funny. Uh, <laughs> um, and nothing can ever take that away from us. Christ went down to the grave with sin on his shoulders and came back up with no sin on his shoulders. Sin is still in that grave and is never coming out of the grave. 
they will never have any power on us ever again. It's like back when God was talking to Abraham. It's like he was, he was telling him the, the words of Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declare, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God told Abraham, it's not hopeless. I have a plan for you. Plans for you to prosper. I'm going to give you a hope and a future. One day I will send down my son for you. And now we have a hope and a future. Because no longer do we have to strive to be perfect. Because we can never be perfect. But God has given us a hope in the future. In the fact that Jesus Christ died for us. In order to open a door that one day we can live with him eternally. And then never again. Because he made that promise to Abraham. And that promise was fulfilled. And that promise is still being fulfilled to this day. So that by faith we might receive the spirit of the promise. Not by our works. Because I'm a failure. And as, as mean as it seems to say, we're all failures. And none of us have ever done anything to deserve the reward of Jesus Christ. And none of us can ever do anything to deserve that. But God did not see that as a reason to turn away from us. But he gave that as a reason to turn to us. And he ran to us. And he has forever changed our eternal destiny. And our, our earthly reason, for it is by faith that we have received the spirit of the promise. He put himself on the cross, and the curse of the law is dead. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the punishment for sin is death. So death had to happen, but... It, as much as it deserved to be upon us, God saw that as a redemption story. He saw that as, as us in need. As much as we had turned away from him and spat in his face, he saw us in need and came to us. And we are forever free, unchained from having to be perfect because we cannot be perfect but we no longer ever need to be because our failures are going to happen i fail you fail we all fail we're going to fail over and over and over again but every single time it's accounted for and every single time that we fall and we screw up and we turn away from god god has an eternal solution forever and ever the one truth will be that Jesus Christ died for us and no longer will our sins ever have any power for us because he came down from heaven and took them away from us and buried them in the grave. So that, 
That right there is what makes us who we are. Our, our definition, our identity, who we are, our being, our everyday life is defined by the fact that Jesus Christ saw fit to die for us, came down and did die for us. And that is what goes out through, through us. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. For we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Our, God, our good works are not a showing of how good we are. Our good works are a result of the fact that we were never good enough. And then we turn to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ said, I'm going to work through you. I'm going to give you these opportunities, these abilities. This, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not attained by observing the law, but by faith. And he gave us the Holy Spirit, and it guides us in our everyday life. That is not us changing or being better. It is God working through us. A 360 is never possible on your own. For righteousness can not be attained obtained by doing the right thing, by, by going to church enough, by reading the Bible every day. This is not how you gain righteousness. Righteousness is not obtained by observing the law, but by believing what you have heard. Imagine this. So, our former life, before we were born again, was like, it was like a slave boat. Here's this boat that you're on, this big, rickety wood boat. And in it are piled a bunch, not like, rowing next to each other are these people rowing. And there's a slave driver behind you, whipping you in the back, saying, come on, move faster. Move faster. The boat has to move because the boat is not going to move unless you row faster. This boat's not going anywhere unless you row harder, faster, stronger. It's whipping you in the back, telling you have to be better. But now, that, now that Christ has died for us, it's like, it's like a sailing yacht. And this, this yacht has a rope to hold on to. And the power of the Holy Spirit is what moves this forward. That's the wind that's moving the boat forward. But do you move the boat forward? See, imagine then trying to get out of oar and rowing. That's not going to do any good. That's not doing anything. What is going to do is holding on to that rope. That rope leads to the Holy Spirit, and that rope is your stronghold. Even though it seems like you're not doing much, like you're at the mercy of the wind, completely literally, even if it seems like you could do more, rowing is not going to do as much as holding on to that rope. Getting back to that, but see that, that oar looks so tempting. 
you're not doing anything, and there's that ore right there. And you're like, well, there you go. It's an ore. I can do a lot of stuff with an ore. And it seems so easy to go back to that ore. But are you so foolish that after beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? That ore is there, but that ore has no ability. Working by yourself to get through life and trying harder, trying to be strong enough, because you can never be strong enough. But the oar is not as strong as the rope. And that rope leading up to the sail, that sail is what pushes the yacht forward. And this yacht moves 20 times faster than that slave boat ever did. And you have to do 20 times less work. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. You remember how the whip used to feel on you. You remember how that slave driver would tell you, go faster, be stronger, go better, move the boat faster. You control this boat. Now you turn around and you look at it with your hair flowing in the breeze, looking back on that boat because you're on this yacht. And you're like, what was I doing? Then the sad part is looking back and seeing all the people still on that boat. You see them still on that boat, and you're like, there's a yacht. This yacht, it just, it's right here, and it's so much easier, and it's already paid for, and just jump on the yacht, hold on to the rope. is that, that whip that's at your back has no power over you anymore. And that whip that tells you you got to be better. You don't have to be perfect. You can't ever be perfect. Here's this rope. Come on, hold on to the rope. Say that with that oar still right next to you. That oral is always going to be there, and it's a struggle for everyone to try so hard to pick up that oar and row through the waters. But that's not going to do anything. And those, the, the storms are going to come. This yacht is going to be, there's going to be storms. But what's a oar going to do in the storm either? That oar looks so tempting. I know it does for me. I, I personally try to uh, fix myself and move, move myself along faster, get that boat moving through my own human efforts. But are you so foolish 
that after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And he didn't die for nothing. He died so that we wouldn't have to hold that oar anymore. That weight on our back. That whip at our back. Never has to be a part of your life anymore. And I know that I always... not. I, I'm always like, all right, so here's this person back at, back at work who sees what I'm doing wrong and sees me as a failure and as not a good enough Christian. And that immediately makes me think, all right, I've got to try harder here. I've got to do this thing right so that they'll see me the right way and that they might see Jesus through me the right way. And that if I do this right and do this right, then I'll be a better Christian. That's the or. The or is never going to be as strong as that rope. And that, that rope is such a relief. Because imagine rowing and rowing and rowing with the whip at your back saying, go faster, be stronger. And you're trying and trying and trying. No matter what you do, that boat's just not going all that fast. Now you're on this yacht, and you realize how free you really are, how much burden has been tossed from your back, and how, how, much, how much more relief you feel living in the life that God gave for you rather than living for yourself and how much more I don't want to say successful but how much more satisfied you feel knowing that you don't have to do that anymore knowing that all of your problems and your screw-ups are taken care of, are forever taken care of. I'm going back to the Galatians 6 verses 17. Finally, let no one cause me trouble. For I, well, let's go to 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. And finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. It's like, it's kind of like a tattoo. As you, uh, people get a tattoo. There's a bunch of different reasons. But one main reason that people get a tattoo is to show a little piece of themselves, who they are. Like this tattoo, this is kind of like represents me, right? It's like God puts that tattoo on us. People see the tattoo and you're like, here, let me tell you the story. 
Let me tell you how I got this tattoo. Let me tell you why I have this tattoo and how it makes me different. And why when those people come at me, when Satan turns at me with those accusations, with fear, with shame, let no man cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. And that is what makes us different. The marks of Jesus Christ are on our body. And we are forever forgiven and accepted and seen as holy, righteous, and pure. Because God died and put on us the marks of his body from the spears, from the nails, from the whips. The marks. God looks down and sees not someone who is a wreck and has no hope, but as a person who bears on his body the marks of his son, who he sent down to die for all of us. So I may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. May I never show to the world how better of a person I am because of all these good deeds I do. May I, may I never tell everyone, hey man, look at me. I'm giving all this money to this charity. Hey man, look at me. I've got, I've got all this stuff that I'm giving away to people. I'm inviting people into my home. Look at me. I never yell. I never curse. I never swear. I never smoke. I never chew or go out with girls who do. And I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is the one thing, the only thing that makes me different. I'm not different because I'm better. I'm not different because I, I view myself as a, a better person. And I cannot be a better Christian by doing all these right things. May I never boast in those things, for it is the cross. The cross is my foundation, and the cross is what I believe in, and the cross is what makes me different. You, you see me as, as this person who does these great things, but may I not boast in those things, for those things were God's workmanship. I was creating Christ Jesus to do these good works, which God prepared in advance for me to do. For it is not me that does these works, but Christ that lives through me. And I have no, no right to brag, no right to boast. And so when you tell me, look what you just did over there, you don't seem like a very good Christian, I tell you, Righteousness was not gained through the law, but by believing what I heard. What I heard was the truth that I am not good enough. People see Christians as people who think they're perfect sometimes. A Christian is not a person who thinks they're perfect. A Christian is a person who knows they're not perfect. And then turns around and says, I know I'm not perfect. I need somebody to take this from me. And I need somebody who can make me holy, righteous, and redeemed. Somebody 
who can fix me because I can't fix myself and I am not perfect. Somebody who turns around and says, I'm not perfect. I need someone who can help me. So, this next time Satan comes jabbing at you with, not good enough. Well, that's not what Jesus would have done right there. Do this next time. So you, you need to be better. You need to do better. Because Christ was better, you need to do better. Let no man cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. And no longer am I ever a slave again. That ship, who's over there? That ship is my past that was wiped clean from me. And that ship is something I never have to deal with again. I never have to be perfect. I never can be perfect, and I know that. And I will never again be a slave to fear. I will never again tell myself how rotten I am at doing all the right things because I am not a culmination of my deeds. I am a child of God. And I will never have to deal with that whip again. That whip, what I learned was that whip was always psychosomatic. That, that whip never had need to be there. I never needed to feel that sting. And that whip, Jesus Christ died so that whip never has any power ever again. So I will never again be a slave to fear, for I know that I am a child of God. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray to you that um that um you would use this uh, Sunday as um a speaking point, as to touch some people's hearts, because I know that that you have the power to do that, and I do not have the power to do that. That my good deeds are you working through me. That me being up here is just because you gave me the courage to do it. And I pray. I pray that everyone in here today would be able to see you. And not try to be perfect. Because none of us can ever be perfect. But know that we don't have to be. Because we are children of God. Sing.